Welcome, guys, to the second episode of the Palace Boys podcast. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host Max. Hello. Um, right, let's um, so let's talk about the United game. Just get straight into it. Uh, so, I'm pretty happy with the point. First and foremost, I think a lot of Palace fans were taking a point before kickoff. Um, but as the game went on, I thought personally they they were there for the taking Manchester United. They definitely there were there for the taking. Um, yeah, I do agree that they were they were poor as well. The amount of misplaced passes, um, yeah, I couldn't believe it. Uh, the amount of times that they done a poor pass, we intercepted it, and we did have we didn't have too many chances. But that's the thing: if we had um, Zaha, we could have capitalised on on one of those. Um, but like I said in the last pod. Yeah. We we were sort of expecting the loss, but I said I was hoping, fingers crossed, for a board draw, and that is uh, that is exactly what ended up happening. Um, again, it just shows that, like in our last two games against uh, Fulham and Brighton, where it wasn't clinical enough, it's just mm-hmm. the, the next same story with Man United. So did get a bit of lucky lucky in that aspect. Um, but again, we've, our defence was solid. Um, there's a lot of yeah, last stitch challenges. I was I just watched um, yeah one of the highlights where uh, the ball was pinged across. It like Cavani for the tapping and just Joe yeah. just slides in out, out of nowhere. So I that think, was crucial. That one. yeah, that our defenders crucial. are really putting their bodies on the line, especially like Cahill in the last few games as well. So yeah, he, yeah. I think our whole defense has improved uh, throughout the last few games. Um, also, I want to add, you know, Patrick van Arnholt. He's had some horrible games this season where, you know, he's not been up to scratch. But I thought yesterday, um, except for obviously the chance that he could have finished, you know, I thought he was actually pretty decent yesterday. And there's a lot of fans, Palace fans out on Twitter, you know, that obviously but like don't don't rate Patrick Van Arnold. And I, I can see where they're coming from because let's be honest, he's not had a good he's not had the best of seasons compared to some of the seasons he's had with us before. Um so Praise to Patrick Van Arnold, really, for stepping up and improving the game. Improving yeah, I play. think, you know, yeah. maybe he should be be given an extra year on his contract because a player like him to get to let go on the free, you could easily probably get around £10 million for him. Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of Premier League experience, isn't he? Where he was playing with Sunderland beforehand. And um, yeah, no, he, that's the thing. He he has got it in him to be a solid left back. I think he just needs Cahill next to him, just keep to keep on saying, stay back and really watch when he goes forward because that's when we're well, sort of holding the line, open, isn't it? it? It's holding yeah. the line. I, I think I saw a, a photo after the Fulham game where Patrick van Arnhal was about three or five yards behind the rest of the defenders, like the line that they were holding. Yeah, that's and it. And obviously, you know, that's not good, no good as a defender because you're going to be playing people on side. Um, but going going forward, he he's good, and I think we're a bit more versatile when we have we're a bit more versatile going forward when we have Klein at right back and Van Arnold at left back. But then we're more solid at the back defensively if we say we have Ward and Mitchell. Yeah, but I suppose so, it's, without Zaha, that's why having Van Arnold is quite good for a, an additional attacking option. Um, whereas I suppose when Zaha comes back into the team, then. Um, yeah, we need him to really focus focus on his defending. And I suppose we've got Mitchell to come in at left back. But yeah, go, going back to that United game, nil nil. Yeah, more than happy that point this season. We we beat them um, away at Old Trafford. Got four points from them. Yeah, yeah, four four points, which uh, so we're unbeaten against them, which we haven't done since uh, being back in the Premier League. Um, so it just shows, even though there's been a yeah a lot of Palace fans moaning moaning about Roy, but um, he has he has done done us well. I think we were on like thirty four points. 
mm-hmm. at the moment. So we're quite early on this, like not too late on this season. And for us to be close to that 40 point mark already, um, it's been sort of a comfortable season, really, yeah. um, with our and positioning. What, one more win definitely, I, I think, definitely secures safety. Yeah, I mean, the, the bottom three, I mean, Fulham are trying to scrape it back, but um, they're quite, quite a way off. Um, but yeah, no, Spurs tonight, don't they? That's a tough game. Yeah, but yeah, go, going back to the game, um, where that's the thing we didn't we didn't really have many clear cut chances, but um, Benteke did have a few half chances. And one thing that I was a bit confused about was Roy at the moment because the um, congestion of fixtures has been doing a lot of rotation. So where uh, Benteke played the ninety minutes um, against Fulham, I really thought Matata would come in. Um, yeah, and likewise. Because with Benteke, we know exactly what, what we're going to get with him. And the half chances, that he, he sliced one that was going to Rose Ed, and then the other one that was cut back to him didn't even go towards goal. So I just think with chances like that, could have I think Matata is more of a natural finisher. So well, it was, from, what that, what, from what we've seen anyway, we've seen, I mean... Yeah. I, think, I mean, getting 10 goals at 17 games for Mainz uh, this season just shows that he, he knows where the goal is and um, you no, can yeah, put him in. I agree. And, and so that was the only thing I was disappointed about, really, that he didn't he didn't play. Um, no, I feel sorry because for Meteta, like sitting on the bench, and you know he's now sat on the bench throughout two nil nils. And as a striker that a club has, the club has just signed, you would expect them to show like eagerness to play him. Um, so as a strike, like from a striker point of view, you could imagine him. Uh, you know, sitting on the bench thinking, oh, wait, hang on. Like, Frustrated. Just... Yeah, well, yeah, like there's two games, two games in a row where it's been nil-nil. And uh, I think yesterday was like our first shot on target for however <laughs> however many minutes. Like it was ridiculous. Um, yeah. So, but it's funny. Though, must be sitting it? on the bench just thinking, just get me on, even if it's for the last 10 minutes. Yeah. Exactly um, that, but hopefully, but, hopefully, he features against Spurs. Uh, fingers crossed. Maybe yeah, there's a to, slightly but different game plan, but I don't, I'm fun, not too sure. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it, though, that um, how we was all quite fuming about the uh, Fulham game, where it's nil nil. We didn't really have many shots at all, and then the United game, even though it's nil nil, obviously they're a higher club, but we're much more happy to see a nil nil because, like, especially in the first 15 minutes, we were sort of going at them, like giving them a good go. It looked like um, a really good game. Yeah, the and, and that's, 10, that's all the football minutes, that we I saw. thought, this is going to be a great game. Yeah, yeah, it was quite end-to-end, wasn't it? So that, that's, 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 that's all we want to see, actually, a bit of um, bit of attack, more, being more attacking. Bit of flair, uh, yeah, giving a bit it of a go. attacking flair. Um, yeah, exactly that. Then, obviously, McCarthy got injured again. I've done... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really he's done about an hour, just come he? back. Yeah, just yeah. come back. Um, it's just so injury. So I don't know what that, uh, what the injury entails, but um, hopefully it's not too, anything too serious, and hopefully it was taking off as more of a precaution than anything. Mm. Um, so Gary Neville brought up a, a couple of points that I want to talk about as well. Um, one was during the game. Uh, well, I think both both of me brought up during the game, and uh, this the comment that he made on Eze saying not making darting runs in behind. You know, as a winger, you need to be doing that. I mean, yes, I agree, but he's not he's not naturally a winger. Yeah, no, that's it. That's and, the centre attacking midfielder, isn't he? Really? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like when when we signed him from QPR, there's a lot of QPR fans saying like, you know, he he is a number ten. If you play him on the wing, he'll be done. And to be fair to him, he has adapted very well to that left left midfield spot, but. You know, it's obviously not his preferred position. He's not very used to that. You know, he's very used to playing at a number 10 position. 
at QPR. Um, so I think it was a bit out of context going able to say that. It's, it's a typical kind of pundit fit, like, yeah, you know, they know what they're on about, but really he is a number ten, and I think I think a lot more research should have probably gone into that, and he should he should have he should really know as a co-commentator that Eze is primarily a number ten. Yeah, exactly that. If he's not his position, then he's naturally not going to make those sort of runs. He's going to want it to feet to look to ping it off again. Um, exactly, exactly. He's not used to that. He's not used to the position and the atmosphere of the left midfield yeah. role. Because so. I, th- I think that that was our problem um, against United. That when we did have the ball going forward, um, the only player that I'd really want to have the ball to be going forward is Eze. Like when there were just such limited options. I mean, Townsend when he gets it, it's like I suppose the very rare time he pulls off something really special. But that's the thing. I just think we didn't have didn't have enough enough going forward to really. Uh, put a lot of pressure on pressure on their defence. Yeah, um, and to be fair to Eze, he naturally, I don't know whether he's been told to free run, but he does naturally, when he gets on the ball, he does naturally dribble into the, mid, uh, into the middle of the pitch, I feel. Mm-hmm. Like he never actually... He's the sort of player that you really... want to just free roam and just let him let him do his thing. That's the thing, that's why it's good if we have two holding uh, centre midfielders, like we normally do, like yeah, Riedewald, Miljevic, uh, MacArthur, all that. And then where they've got the d- defensive midfield sort of held up, then he, Eze should be able to just free roam and just help out whatever side of the pitch uh, needs it needs him. No, yeah, definitely. I mean, he is very... that un- more unpredicted, un- unpredictable player that is. Yeah, he, he has been class since coming into the side. So and, yeah, his performance last night was much better against, uh, compared to the performances that he put in against Brighton and Fulham. I thought. Yeah, I just think with Zaha. It, it's a really good dynamic between those two where I think without him, I think he has sort of struggled to, because with Zaha, yeah, bounce off each other. Um, yeah. Well, on his own, I think he, yeah, he, he has found it um, quite difficult, but it is his first season up from the championship. So he's got, a, he's got to adjust really, hasn't he? Hasn't and yeah, he? he's made, he's, he's made the most dribbles in the team and he's made, he's created the most, cha- uh, most chances as well. So, you know, he's obviously doing something right. And um, Gary never also went on to say, you know, um, you could really feel like the lack of like the lack of having a, a crowd there, uh, no fans mm. in the stadium, and the lack of crowd noise is like you know is shown on the pitch from the lack of energy from the players. Yeah, um, that's true. Because even, even subconsciously, if you, if you had such a loud crowd noise behind you, that would um, get you more pumped to go and press the ball down, go and do those last second sprints and. And everything else, I suppose it would pump more adrenaline into the players, wouldn't it? But yeah, I suppose that. But the thing with that is, at least that it's the same for everyone. Do you know what I mean? Um, but it's like, say for us, like we could have gone more at them if if we had the fans to sell us. But likewise, when they were at Old Trafford, they didn't have the fans. Um, so at least it's like a neutral. It's a fair playing ground for. for yeah, everyone, no, yeah, that, that's very true. And but I think he was more talking about from a, a United's point of view because. I thought we played really well, but then obviously, well, maybe we didn't play well. Maybe it was just United being really, yeah. like, really awful. Um, but I think he was like saying about how, like, you know, the the mistakes, the loose passes that were being played uh, from both sides. Um, you know, if there was people in the stadium, if there were fans in the stadium, they There'd wouldn't be, allow those. No, things. like yeah, they'll be, one they'll sloppy be, pass. They'll be on to you. Mad, they? yeah, they'll yeah. be on to you, and you'll be able to hear like the groans from the. From the pitch so there's side. a lot more pressure, isn't there? Yeah, that's a fair point. That when when the crowd is in there to make sure if you're making a pass, it goes to who it's intended exactly. to, isn't it? Really? It, yeah, exactly, and it, you know it makes the players fix up a bit. And 
hopefully next season we'll have fans back in stadiums. I think it's just going to make so much difference. Honestly, you'll see more motivation from the players from every club, I reckon, from every single club. Because yeah. some the, a lot of games recently, especially over the past couple of months for Palace, it has felt like a training game. Yeah, no that's urgency, it. But it was always going to no be that, isn't it? Yeah, it's just... It's one of those things, isn't it? But you know, we kind of—they should be half used to it by now, really. They've nearly had a full season doing this. It, well, nearly yeah. a full full year. When when did the uh, when did the season restart really last season? Was it the summer, wasn't it? So yeah, you know, absolutely. they're coming up to a year being used to playing behind closed doors. Um, they can just get away with a bit more laziness, can't they? Without without the fans, is what it really comes down to. Um, but yeah, without the fans, yeah, not to be. Uh, not to give their full effort, but I mean, some games, yeah, it's a bit, it's just a bit hit and miss, really, isn't it? Um, what sort of side turns up, but um, yeah, no, overall, though, very happy that United game, nil nil, we'll take that all, all day long, um, yeah, and hopefully, we can repeat a similar kind of performance against Spurs and hopefully, you know, continue the unbeaten run, even if it's just a point, but. You know, I'm not hopeful for a win. I don't think we're we're definitely not going to get a win against Spurs. They're a very tough team to beat. It's It's always a tight. It's always a tight game between us and Spurs. Like it's always like one goal in it. Um, And you know, we drew with them in the previous game, one all. Yeah, it should be an interesting game. Yeah, so that Um, that is our next fixture, isn't it? Yeah, Tottenham Hotspur. That is our. We'll touch on that a bit later on, but I just want to have a little roundup of the games that have have gone on so far in the Premier League. So. Last night we had we had two two fixtures on top of our fixture. So we had uh, Burnley Leicester that was one one, and uh, Sheffield United beat Villa one nil. First of all, on that on that Burnley game, I suppose that's, that's typical Burnley, aren't they? So, Sean Dice, so they're always solid at home. Um, yeah, always keep the yeah scoreline pretty low, um, and yeah, they're always good at nicking get nicking points at home as well. So against uh, Leicester, I mean they're right up there this season, aren't they? Um, so yeah, the Burnley have done very well to get a point out of that yeah um, the only thing of Leicester they've been riddled by injuries recently haven't they oh they've got so many yeah that's a yeah that's a very fair point um, so a tough game is Burnley away is always a tough game to play um, unless you know you just happen to play them off the pitch um, so Sheffield United Villa that was a bit of a shock result um, and I think Sheffield United had 10 men as well yeah, well, especially as Villa are like top half, of the game. Top, top half of the table, aren't they this season? Um, yeah, they'll be that'll be a sore one for them to take. They, they shouldn't yeah. have been. Does it does like it that. give Sheffield United a glimmer of hope, or is it? Oh, no, no but at least to, yeah. at, at least they're over that eleven point mark, and they you know that they're not level on with Derby with the most point. Uh, sorry, the least points. Least points of the season. Yeah, I do. I um, so at least they're away from that, and they don't have to share that accolade. Um, <laughs> yeah, not one. I mean, at least for, 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 for Sheffield United, it's, it's more about getting as many results as you can on board because I think they have accepted that, you know, they are going to be real rebuilding for a championship result. And if they can get some good results, some freak results, yeah. maybe. Especially as keep, keep, um, keeping the morale up, hopefully. Uh, it's confidence. Getting, yeah, get, getting, yeah. Su- getting a lot of the players to try and stay and not leave in the summer. Um, it looks like they'll probably keep Chris Wilder to to get them back up, and I think if they uh, if they keep a lot of their players, they should should be able to do it um, next season. I suppose that's what they, yeah. I think Chris Wilder has accepted his fate, um, and it is all about that 
going down, rebuilding and hopefully bouncing back up the next season. But that, that's the risk, isn't it, going down the championship, that if you don't bounce back up the next season, just like Stoke, you could end up getting stuck there for a long old time um, well, before coming back up. Yeah, exactly. And we've seen so many clubs before that it's gone even worse than, you know, just staying in the championship, you know, just look at yeah, Sunderland. Double uh, relegation, Portsmouth. Yeah. Uh, you see, well, I see like Bol- Bolton, they're like in League yeah. 2 now, aren't they? Um, exactly. Yeah, that, um, that's the thing. But, but I think Sheffield United are in good stead. Like, it's not a club that looks like they're falling apart. Um, no, no, so. mate. I, I, I think Sheffield United fans would agree that they probably overachieved massively mm. in their first. But I think and, the reason why a lot of teams end up getting double relegated, it's say, well, you got teams um, where that end up ha- in, in the Premier League, right down the bottom, that have high wage bills. Um, and then when they go down, they have to get rid of all those players. Where I don't think, like Sheffield United, I, I can't see them having too many players that that um, have really big on, wages, on massive wages. Because I mean, yeah. they've got players like people like McGoldrick, you know, Billy Sharp. They could still do it in the Championship quite comfortably, and I think there'll be play, sort of players that, yeah, that would stay. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think I think they'll be all right. But yeah, I, I think their fate has been decided that that they will be going into the Championship. I don't quite season. know what's happened to them this season. I just think it's a it's a case of all of the other Premier League teams sussing them out. They realised what their game plan was the first. Like, yeah, because the they were season. brilliant last season, and then and then they've all the teams have adapted to, adapted to it. Like once they've played them a couple of times, and now that we're into a new season, um, you know the current season that we're in. I think they must have just got caught out, really sussed out. Yeah, exactly that. Um, but unfortunate for them, but yes, the I'm sure they'll be back. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll be back if they can keep. Uh, if they can, can keep that good foundation of their squad, I think um, getting back up into the Premier League will, will, won't be a problem. Especially if they uh, Chris Wilder stays as well. He's a great manager. I, I think he's. Um, but he knows how. He knows how to get out of the Championship. He's done it before, isn't he? So I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. <clears throat> they've just had a really poor season this season. Um, but wish them all the best. Uh, so the night before City beat Wolves four one and a bit of a, a late flurry of goals. Mm-hmm. It was game. it was one or by the 80th minute, wasn't it? Um, yeah, Wolves um, are yeah, Wolves are another side that they're, they're a bit sort of unpredictable because last season they were really good, but this season right. they're, yeah their their results have been very like up and down. Um, they've got the pla- yeah. they've got the, the quality of players to b- beat anyone really. Um, well, just. Yeah. Just look at where we are on the table and where Wolves are on the table. We're on very similar. We're in very similar positions, but just look at the amount of money that Wolves have spent. That I'd is much true. rather. I'd much rather know that the club hasn't spent hardly any money and be in the position that we're in, rather than spending loads of money that Wolves have over the past couple of seasons mm. and be in the same position as someone that hasn't spending spent the money. Like they, that should compared, push you right up the table in theory. Well, definitely. De- definitely. Well, just, you know, just look at West Ham. They they've invested well, well this season. Um, and they have reaping rewards now, aren't they? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, but with Wolves, it's just that when you spend that spend that money over the past two three seasons, you expect your team to be performing a lot better. Mm. And in my opinion, they are massively underperforming. Yeah, I moment. suppose it's inconsistency. I think the pr- perfect example of that is. Uh, Traore obviously he, on his day he can be an absolutely unplayable player but he just hasn't been doing enough for the side week in week out to be able to um, be able to help them get results 
Um, no, yeah, exactly. And I suppose, I suppose normally, well, the amount of like from last season, the amount of absolute screamers that uh, like Ruben Neves and that, all that was scoring. And I suppose yeah. it just it had just had that obviously takes a fair bit of luck, just luck and skill to to be able to pull goals like that off. And I suppose it's just this season they've just not got the rubber of the green, and um, yeah, no, they they have been struggling a bit um, in comparison to what people would have thought um, how they'd be doing at this point of the season. No, definitely. And then on Monday night, there was Everton got a very good win against Southampton. Southampton, yeah, Richarlison, was wasn't it? Yeah, he got. Oh. Yeah, tough team to play against South, the Southampton. Like they, they started off well, the season so good, didn't they? But um, they've sort of been dropping off a little bit. Uh, yeah, as sort of, big, as sort of expected. They go, they go in waves, don't they? They, but Ra- Ra- Ralph um, Hasenhutel, he's a, he's a great manager, but. Um, you know, Southampton fans seem to like him from what I can see on Twitter and stuff like that. So I think it's just they just need consistency. Yeah, I a think bit they're more. definitely overperforming from what the expectation was at the start of the season. So I think yeah, they they should be happy, um, happy with the manager. Um, but yeah, no, they are they're, they're still doing not too bad. I'm sure. Um, sometimes when I'm watching, they play some really nice football as well. Mm. Southampton. Some of the games that I've seen them play in this season. Yeah, I mean, Wolf, I Walcott was a good, a good signing, wasn't it? Got, got him on loan. No, yeah, definitely. Um, so, we've got a few a few games on tonight, don't we? Uh, yeah, so uh, so our next fixture, Tottenham, uh, they're, they're playing against Fulham, aren't they? Fulham away. Um, yeah, and then West Brom have got... Oh, Everton are playing again. That's a quick turnaround. That's a very quick turnaround. And uh, we've got uh, Liverpool and Chelsea in the evening. That'll be a massive game. Mm. <laughs> I think um, West Brom, that's a must-win game for them, really. Um, will they win it? Um, probably not. Um, but this is football at the end of the day. And surprises happen very often. Mm, especially this Fulham season. Spurs, again, Fulham have come into form. And it'll be interesting to see how they play against uh, a defensive Spurs side. So... That'll be a very interesting game to see, I reckon. And Liverpool-Chelsea, um, can't really call it, to be honest. No, I mean, Liverpool have slipped up so many times this season. Um, but Chelsea, on the basis against Man United, they looked OK, nothing special. Um, that was a poor draw. Um, and against Liverpool, uh, again, like I can't see it. I can't really see it being that, that great of a game, to be honest. Like, neither side are playing really that well. Um so it'll be interesting to see how that, how they play against each other because um, yeah, Liverpool are just relying on like Salah's goals at the moment. He's sort of carrying them, um, but yeah, we'll have to have to wait and see with that one. But yeah, so, so going on to our next fixture then, next game. Tottenham. Yeah, so Tottenham. I think I think we're playing. That it's a bad time to play them because it looks like finally Gareth Bale from joining uh, them on loan from Real Madrid, um, who, who's had a very slow uh, start to the season. But he's finally, um, yeah, no, finally starting to pick, pick up and find his old, old ways against Burnley. They won four 0 and he he was the uh, yeah the talisman for the for the Spurs. Um, so it looks like if if they're starting Bale and he's on fire, I think our defense is really gonna gonna struggle against them um, with with Gareth Bale on the side. No, agreed. And obviously Kane's been back from injury for a couple of games now as well. Um, Son's, uh, you know. Providing the assists mm. as well, and I think you know if they're, they're if all three of them play and they're on their game, mm. it's going to be a very very tough yeah t- tough game. Because I mean, like like for our last three games, where we've got a bit lucky that 
no one, I mean, Guaita has been playing brilliantly, um, but that no one's actually finished one of their chances. But if anyone's going to finish their chances, it's definitely going to be Harry Kane, um, especially with getting balls in from Son. Um, and Bale. Well, yeah, the service Bale. that he has, if you think, you know, you've got Bale and Son either side. That's a dangerous front you know, three. You're laughing, aren't you? Um, but they had, you know, they've only recently come into form, and I think Spurs are, you know, open to these dipping forms because look, they were the top of the league. Uh, come, I know there was title challenges, of course, uh, at the start yeah. of the season, wasn't there? Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. They're, well, they were nearing the top of the league in December, weren't they? And then they went just through a massive, like, massive dip mm. and they weren't picking up any sort of results, really. That Well, the results that you expect a team like Spurs to get, they weren't getting it. But, yeah, I'm quite nervous about the game on Sunday. I mean, I'm not expecting much out of it. I think the most that we could probably get out of it is a point, but I'm very open for Palace to prove me wrong. Um have to wait and see, won't we? Um, do, do yeah, it's one of those games. It could be another nil-nil. Do we know if, if, if Zaha is back, or is it still? Um... Uh, well, he said, Roy said in the uh, press conference before the United game that he's very, very close to returning. So, uh, will we see him feature? We'll have to wait and see. Mm. But it sound that comment did sound quite positive. Yeah. So hopefully, if we have Zaha. Back in the team, it could be a whole different ball game. Yeah, for sure. Really. I suppose first game back from injury, though. I suppose it's not going to. It's going to need a little bit of time to to really get back and, you know, to his Schlupp old ways. Schlupp had some minutes last. Yeah, he night. did. He'll be getting back to fitness. He'll have another couple of days in training, so he'll be his his like sharpness will be getting better. Um, so we should wait and see and just see how we line up. Yeah, I'm looking, think, I'm looking forward yeah, to it. I think you're right, though. Yeah, we, aiming for a point. Anything else, obviously, a bonus. Um, but it's just going to be the same sort of system where we we sit back, defend, let them soak up the possession, and then obviously, hopefully, hopefully, we'll have Zaha back because with him in the side, we're much more likely to nick a goal and grind out a one nil um, rather than without him. But um, fingers crossed that Matata starts because I think he deserves it. I think. Um, yeah, it's been a bit unfair, the lack of game time that he's got. But um, hopefully Rory changes his ways. Because I think Rory is very stubborn in when he has a vision and a, and a plan. So he always sticks to it and makes subs really yeah. late. Um, but I, hopefully it does give uh, Matata some deserved game time uh, against Spurs. Yeah, and the players after, you know, drawing with United last night should have a lot more confidence in them. It's another clean sheet. So it's two clean sheets in a row and they need to, you know, push on from keeping the clean sheets and also grabbing goals. Mm. That's what we need to focus on now because it, it it was at a time where, you know, we tried to play a bit more attacking and then we just kept on shipping so many more goals. But I mean, yeah, um, yeah. Well, uh, earlier on the season, what was it? We lost 7-0 to Liverpool, 3-0 to Burnley recently. I mean, it's a ha- if you look at it from the perspective of the last two games is two clean sheets, um, then that just shows how much our, our defence has um, got a lot more solid um, and, exactly. and, and consistent. It a, yeah, it gives us a basis to build on because if your defence is solid, then then that's when you can kind of start working on um, higher up the pitch mm. as well. And I think that's what Roy's probably done in the last couple of weeks and said, look, we need to go back to, the, back to basics, sort out our defence, which it looks like he's done. Mm. And then now, whether it's a point of just when Zahar starts returning to training and start implementing... Um, you know, 
attacking drills and trying to get that onto the pitch when we play. Mm, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, no, f- fingers crossed that we do. We do normally turn up to the against the big teams. So yeah, fingers crossed that 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 we keep our defence solid and yeah, grind out a, a point or or hopefully more. Um, yeah, let, let's let's hope so. Let's hope. Well, uh, thank you very much for watching, everyone. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday when we will be reviewing the Spurs game and giving our thoughts on that. Uh, thank you for listening. And until then, we'll see you next time. Cheers, guys.